I'm Sian Kenshin, and this is the Alchemize Your Life podcast. On this episode, we're going into the depths of our subconscious and getting really, really honest and vulnerable with you about our experiences with plant medicine in Peru. Oh, mama. This is part one because we had so much to tell you that it ended up being a two-part series. So buckle up, we're going deep. Hi, I'm Sian Kenshin. And I'm Stephanie J. And we're here to alchemize, alchemize your life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. One of the most profound things that's ever happened to me happened in Peru. Yeah, oh my gosh, like one of the most profound things? How about like all of the most profound things? Well, I mean, I've had some pretty profound things happen to me. I mean, I went to India, traveled to other galaxies and stuff, but Peru is right up there. Yeah, it was a, a pretty wild ride. And you know, our friends have been begging us hounding us to tell them and it's been guys like four months i know five months i know since i know. We got back we went in like we got back in like june yeah and we tried to book some calls and it just times didn't work out and then we went <laughs> went to a retreat in costa rica yeah it's been a pretty high octane couple months you know if you really think about it like we launched the cba then we moved to Oaxaca, then we moved to Costa Rica, then we went on a retreat, then we decided to ground in Costa Rica. Somewhere in there, we also ran a business and a whole bunch of other stuff. So yeah, it was, oh yeah, and we went on a tour for, across Mexico too. Yeah, it's been a f busy few months. Yeah, I'm happy to have it slowing down so we can be a little bit more of service. And part of that is A, creating this podcast, and B, Finally telling you guys about all of the magical things that happened while we were in Peru. Oh my God. I, I can't, I don't even know where to start. I know. Well, that is why I asked you to make a list before we started this podcast. How, how about, okay. I know okay. we don't normally do that, but like this is going to turn into three hours real fast if we're not careful. Okay. So what about like, do you remember you had this dream? Mm, I do remember that dream. How could I possibly forget? You want to start there? Yeah. How about we start there? Okay. So um, in February, all the way back in February, which by the time this is making it out, there's nearly a year ago. Um, I had a dream, a premonistic dream, and I've had a few of these in my life. And it's incredible because they just feel, it's almost like, you know, a lucid dream just by nature is totally different from a regular dream. A premonistic dream is like another category. Like it just feels different. When you wake up, you're like, oh yeah, that was a premonition. Like you just know. Mm -hmm. And this was the instance, um, one of those instances. So in the dream, and I would like to bring, bring the listener back to the uh, state that 
the lifestyle that Cian and I were in at the mm. time, which was completely and totally digital nomads owning very little items. Just what we could carry. A, a little bit more than what we could reasonably carry, like, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like as far as like two humans' full life of possessions, you know, we had six suitcases, two big ones and then four small ones. So really not a lot of stuff when you look at all the things that the average human owns. And we had intentions of traveling all over the world, not really being anywhere for longer than six months, renting Airbnbs, being on planes a lot, and just going wherever spirit told us to do, too. And at this time, I have a dream in February. And I, in this dream, this small little um, black dog with a white star on her chest a little cartoon dog jumps into my arms. And as she jumps into my arms, my heart just explodes with joy and gratitude and just optimism and just so many fuzzy, good feelings, like just rippling through my body to the point where when I woke up, I had tears of joy in my eyes. And I remember exclaiming, Aurora, I found you. I've been looking everywhere for you. And there was Mm. that sense of, oh, like, you know, if you've, For any of my listeners that have hopped galaxies looking for a certain soul and then finally found them, this is what that felt like. It was beautiful. It was, I can't even, it's hard to describe it in English words. We don't really have the language for it. A meeting long foretold. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I wake up from this dream and I I roll over and I look at Cian and I say, we're getting a dog. And I'm like, uh, what? And, yeah. And of course, you know, me thinking in the realms of, of non of linear human muggle time thinking, don't worry, it'll be like five years away when we settle down. Like, we're not going to have a dog while we're bouncing around the world. But I know she's coming. I, I'm still like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're going to stop bouncing around. I thought that was our life plan. And I'm like, no, 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 we're going to calm down eventually. And we're going to have this like black dog with a white star. She's a girl and her name's Aurora. And what did you what did you think at that time when I told you that you you had just woken up? What was going through your head? Uh, No, we're not. (laughs) It's pretty much like, uh, hey, I'm allergic to dogs. Um, I know I can override that allergy with manifestation work and stuff, but I want to spend my energy elsewhere. Thank you very much. Plus. All of the travel that we do, how the heck can we, no, sorry, how the fuck can we fit a dog into that lifestyle? It doesn't make any sense at all. And why would you even say that? Mm. And isn't it amazing how sometimes the things that spirit wants us to do or that are destined for us make no fucking sense? What do you mean sometimes? Pretty much always. That's basically how you know it's source and not ego. If it makes sense, it's probably ego. If it doesn't make sense, it's probably source. We have lots of examples of that. In fact, we're living one right now. You're saying it's, you're saying it's rare that uh, ego and source <laughs> agree with each other. In the beginning, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They get to align later on. But even then, oftentimes the things that source is telling you to do uh, are for your highest growth path. And mm-hmm. ego is all about keeping you safe and comfortable and as a result, often not growing. So, yeah, they're often at odds. Sounds fair. So back to Aurora, this black puppy in the stream. So that's in February. And, uh, you know, I kind of poke fun at CN for 2020. It. One, no, 2021. Yeah, 2021. Yeah, February 2021. Yeah, February 2021. And we're recording this at the end of November 2021. And so 
Then we uh, have a friend of ours, a wonderful friend of ours named Martina, who had attended um, some sessions of I- with ayahuasca with Mama Aya. With the shamans down in Peru. In de- with the shamans down in Peru at this wonderful place called Anishina, which we have nothing but amazing things to tell you guys about. Mm-hmm. If ever you want to know... Um, yeah, the experience of Anishina and why we recommend them, anything like that. If you want to get a, get in touch with them, we can introduce you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super. As you, you'll get a lot of the download t- today of what our experience was like. So if after that you're curious, let us know and we can connect you. Um, but anyway, she had just gotten back from spending six weeks there, and she mm-hmm. was telling us all of our all of her stories. And by the way, when you're there for a week, you have four ceremonies, so you can do the math. She had a pretty profound transformation. And um, when she was staying with us, she was saying, yeah, you know, it was really, everything was really, really amazing. It was an amazing experience, except for there was this one night, it was my last night, and all of the puppies were crying and it made it really challenging. And of course, instantly my ears perk up because we're going there puppies in two months. Yeah. And I'm doing the math and I'm like, there's puppies there two months that might be good taking home time (laughs) (laughs) and so i was like what do you mean puppies and so she explains that the there had been a litter of puppies born right when she got there which would have been at the beginning of february which was you know plus or minus a day of when i had Mm. that dream and so i'm thinking okay this timing's very interesting to me and so i ask her what are the puppies like? And she says, well, there's a litter of nine and they're all various colors, but there's one black puppy. And that's the one that's always crying because she doesn't fit in with the rest of the crew. Oh, that sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thinking, huh, well, that's like, what are the chances of that? And of course she was too young. So we didn't know if she was a girl or a boy or whatever, but you can imagine my brain going, okay, we just had this premonistic dream and it makes no sense to have a dog right now, but now right. we're about to go spend time with these shamans. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you telling me and my ego is like, she's lying. She's making it up. Like, don't listen to her. And I'm like, come on, man. You know how this game goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and And yeah, like, so fast forwarding a little bit, uh, we found out that the puppy had a star on her chest mm-hmm. and her name was something black. I ne- think Negro. Negro. Yeah. yeah they named yeah. them based so on their colors. Obviously we renamed her when, when we got there. Mm-hmm. But, um, if you want to think about like the level of trust that we've gained with source, we went out and bought a dog carrier a bunch of puppy stuff. We had our staff. Thank you, Monica. Thank you. And, you know, uh, go and research how would we export a puppy from Peru into Mexico? You know, like weeks and weeks of work to basically just trust that when we got there, it would be the right puppy. Uh, It would you know, have the right energy and that like these people who are really not known to us would actually give her to us or or sell her to us or or whatever, right? So Mm -hmm. this is the kind of trust that is available to you Mm -hmm. with spirit and you have to kind of build your way up to it. Yeah. And what I think is so interesting is it's not just trust, but it's also trust with non-attachment, right? Like Mm -hmm. we had to go in 
being Ooh. the crazy people who were going in without a dog and carrying a dog crate with us, yeah. potentially coming home with a dog and potentially not. And also having to be totally okay if it wasn't her or if the fa- if the community said no, because we're not going to steal the dog. Obviously. No. That's not ethical or in no. alignment. Or, yeah, we might not even be able to get her out of the country, right? Like, there's, like, you have to go to vet and you have to, like, vet their health and all this sort of stuff, right? So there's all this trust that is not just going into the situation of, like, I'm going to do all of my aligned action steps. Yeah. I'm going to do all of the aligned action, which was, you know, doing our due diligence with like getting the paperwork, knowing what the process was going to be, knowing what we were getting ourselves into, bringing the crate with us, bringing some toys with us that we knew would be suitable, preparing how to fly with a puppy, like doing all of those aligned action steps before we even headed down. But then once we got there, fully releasing the attachment. Yeah, and and not needing any sort of proof or confirmation that this was even possible simply taking the actions, moving towards the objective without being anxious about it happening or not happening. Yeah. And I mean, we're all human. Like, I'll be honest, there was definitely stories in my head of like, I'm being a fucking crazy person right now. You know, like, how how could you not? Like, I had those stories too, but they were about you, not me. Oh, of course. Like, oh, hey, you you had a dream about a black dog and now you think you're just going to like rob this community of one of their puppies? Like, what? Yeah. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, that's what was playing in my head. And like, yeah, it was um, it was edgy. But that's how you know you're growing. Oh, and that's how you build trust with spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as you begin to trust spirit, spirit begins to trust you with more information, mm-hmm. right? With more premonitions, with more directions, with more, 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 more everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And eventually you get into this flow state where you don't have to really think about what you are going to do or how to do it. You just follow the directions. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing too, is that your ego gets a little bit more on board too, because my ego is very happy to have Aurora and loves her a lot. So there's evidence of like, listen, I know this was scary as fuck. And I know that you felt like a crazy person, but look, we persevered. And now look at the reward we got. So maybe next time spirit tells us to do something a little bit insane, a little crazier, even a little crazier then maybe we'll be willing to listen. Like moving to Costa Rica. I mean, is that any crazier than moving to Mexico? Well, or Vancouver? I mean, when we had already started our residency process in Mexico and we had a retreat booked in November in Mexico and yeah, well, fair. It yeah, it yeah. is it is a little crazier. That's definitely leveling up the edge, yeah. you know. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. <laughs> so, uh, let's fast forward. Let me just close the loop. Okay. Obviously, it was Aurora, and obviously, she was amazing. She connected to us right away. She basically came pre-trained, which is insane for a jungle dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did have some health issues that we actually healed with energy mm-hmm. so that we were even able to take her. So she had bot fly infestations and parasites, and like she was basically on the verge of dying, and we healed her with energy. And as a result of that, the shamans actually gifted her. To us, which yeah, is so they saw beautiful. they saw the connection we had, and they saw the work that we were doing. Yeah, and like if you're interested in that work, like uh, on the podcast here, there's a meditation called "Feeding Your Demons." We mm-hmm. talk a lot about how it works energetically on yourself, and then on others, and uh, it's a very powerful practice that can transform beings' lives. Mm-hmm. And has so, and also if you're a little curious about 
we're not going to go into detail in this podcast about the exact steps that we took and how we healed her. But if that's something that's of interest to you guys, let us know on Instagram at Stephanie J at Zen Mind Hacker. And um, yeah, we're more than happy to uh, to record a podcast on that as well. But anyways, so yeah, so we so came we... back from Peru with a puppy and. So I was going to say, like, <laughs> we fly into Lima in Peru, right? So that's that's the closest, like, major city with an international airport. Uh, then there's a second flight into Polcapa. Mm -hmm. And then how did we actually get to the farm? Yeah, so, it, well, it's not really, a, it's like a community. I wouldn't really call it farm, a farm. Farm, community, it's all the same out there. <laughs> yeah, so it's fair. It's a three-hour drive away in in a tuk tuk oh my god which was fucking cool yeah that was such a neat experience yeah like, tuk tuks rule the roads in peru i've never seen anything like it i mean maybe that's a big thing in like thailand and bali but i've never been to those places so yeah like the last hour was on these like dirt roads that like had massive massive like tire um tread treads in the mud yeah like uh, from almost the size of your car yeah like you could lose a leg in these things um because they have these big trucks going up and down these basically dirt roads mm -hmm. so they're not gravel they're not cement they're literally dirt and it rains a lot out there and when you have these big heavy trucks going carrying construction stuff going back and forth they just destroy the road yeah so these tuk-tuks are like so agile. They're like move, zipping around the road, moving up and down. Like mm -hmm. they're like these little half motorcycles attached to a cart basically. Yeah. Yeah. So we're sitting in the back of this freaking cart on like a motorcycle driving around. It's really cool. Yeah. It was a very, very neat experience. One we were not expecting, but definitely a very cool um, cultural experiences like i said culturally that's how you know most people get around on tuk tuks they're everywhere in, in pokapa and lima so it was really really neat that we had that experience yeah so just setting the stage as as we um as we get into the community uh we see all of these they're like little huts they call them tambos the tambos are the ones that you sleep in and the malacca is this massive massive hut which is like just this is where you do all the ceremonies and that sort of stuff. Also where we get massages. Yeah, yeah. Weekly massages. No, or no, daily. Da daily massages. Yeah, yeah. So, and in between all of the tambos and the malakas are like these elevated walkways, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. And uh, apparently the reason for that is because during the rainy season or the wet season, the river floods. Mm -hmm. And it covers the whole ground. Which was really cool. We actually had the um, luxury of seeing a bit of an ex uh, example of that. We had one day where it ended up raining pretty substantially and the river did swell. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the community that we're living with, they've got like boats out and like canoes and their rubber boots. And it's like, you can tell that this is just like, it's Normal. like snow for Canadians, yeah. right? They're just like, oh, the snow's yeah. out today. Okay, cool. For them, it was just like, oh, the river's up today. But for us, we were like, oh my God, this river has like quadrupled in size in like 12 hours. It yeah, was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, that's why all the buildings are on still. Yeah. We got it. Yeah, we weren't really sure before, but it, we were kind of like, oh, this is good because we can walk barefoot without all of these crazy ants eating our feet alive. Like walking barefoot on that jungle floor 
is a little risky. I mean, it's not just the ants. Like, you're in the jungle. There's snakes. There's, like, you know. Spiders. Spiders. Lots cockroaches. Of, well, like, cockroaches aren't really going to hurt you, but. Um, they'll just eat the rubber off of your uh, water bottle. Yeah, and your toilet paper and all that kind of stuff. So, and your journal. <laughs> yeah, let's just be really clear here, you guys. Like, you're going into the birthplace of Mama Aya. Like, we went into mm. the heart of Mama Aya. This was not an experience where we were like looking for five-star luxury. This is an experience where we were looking for authenticity. We wanted to be completely off-grid. We wanted to be as immersed in the jungle as possible. And that is a hundred percent the experience we got. We were so close. Like it was like you could feel the heartbeat of Mama Aya in the ground. Yeah. You want to talk about being close to nature. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, you're in these wooden tambos with screens and stuff, but that does not stop the jungle from coming in. It doesn't. And we actually had a really interesting experience around this. Because yeah. The jungle was in our tambo. The jungle was in our tambo. And so, like, this is just kind of high level before we get into the actual ceremonies and, and the, the emotional material and content that we worked through. But um, for the first week there was no mama aya there was simply uh working with uh, marosa which not so simple because marosa was really powerful really powerful well. very like visionary very heart opening yeah. uh the two of us connected very very strongly like we rekindled that really strong heart connection mm -hmm. i remember just loving that feeling that that openness again mm -hmm. anyways what so there was no Aya for like the first week and we're, we're kind of like, you know, just uh, working with Marosa and reading and do, working out and doing all the things that you're supposed to do. Yoga. We're, we're juicing, like the, all they really feed you is juice and sometimes potatoes. Oh, well, that's not true. We had a lentil stew. <laughs> there was lentil stew, yeah. yeah and, and, and fruit. Yeah, yeah, you have lots of fruit. You're on yeah. a formal dieta so that your yeah. system and channels are as clear as possible. So it's basically like raw fruits, raw vegetables. There was a couple stews they gave us and yeah. then juices. It's like yeah. the cleanest I've ever eaten in my entire life. It was amazing. My body felt so good. So anyways, like everyone's complaining about all the bug bites they're getting especially like, on their butt. on their butts yeah like everyone's showing their butts off like oh look at all these welts and bites and stuff and they looked pretty bad like that was yeah, and there, and there was there was like it was yeah it was it was a thing right like the bugs are crawling all over you when you when you sleep at like I remember like several cockroaches crawling over my face and then just kind of moving them off mm -hmm. right and um while sleeping which is kind of weird mm -hmm. uh and yeah, everyone's complaining about these bug bites. And, and I, I remember looking at Steph and going, I don't have any bug bites, do you? No. Oh, well, that's, that is weird, yeah. isn't it? A little. Maybe, maybe our tambo is, is more secure or something. Like, who knows? Like, maybe they just have holes in their screens or like whatever. Like, we're just kind of, we just kind of like went, okay, well, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we did, like, we worked with Mama Aya. I think, I think it was like two days in a row. Yeah. For the first, it was a Thursday, Friday. Mm -hmm. And it wiped us. We floored us. Like, like energetically, we were wow. Floored. Especially that <laughs> second day. It was just like Saturday morning. We just missed breakfast. We just like slept and slept and slept. It just fucking drained us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you're getting cellular upgrades, 
And we'll go into the emotional content in a minute, but even just the the energetic upgrades, the DNA, it's like as if you had just run a marathon, you know, from an energetic perspective, we basically ran two back-to-back marathons. So, yeah. And we weren't prepared for that yet. No. So we were just bored and basically comatose for most of Saturday and Sunday. And Monday, like, like we, and, and Monday we started again, right? Yeah, because like, it's four days a week, right? Monday, so, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday. So like, we had been keeping up our energetic clearing practices. Like we practice something called lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, which is an auric field clearing. It gets all of the crap out of your aura and, and makes you bright and sparkly, mm-hmm. uh, increases manifestation powers, all sorts of amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as normal meditation and yoga and uh, like ritualistic practices that we do. All of which can be found in our 21 day challenge, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's totally on our website. <laughs> by by the time this episode goes live, that challenge will also be live. So yes. um, I'm really looking forward to that. That challenge is like such a foundational part of our teachings. Mm-hmm. And so what when we were using those practices, which are in the 21 day challenge, while we were in Peru, we had no bug bites. We had no issues. Everything was hunky dory. I mean, yeah, we but were we, in the jungle. But we, we hadn't made that correlation yet though. No, like we're, we're kind of getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ahead. spoil the story, babe. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I didn't until you called <laughs> the story. So technically your ass. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. A thousand percent. They wouldn't have even noticed if you hadn't commented on Send it. Send us emails. Vote. Whose fault is it for spoiling the story? Obviously CNs. I don't need you to vote. I know it to be true. But if you want to do it anyways, please vote. <laughs> okay. Okay, Just so, so I can remind him that I'm always so right. so um so yeah we're floored and we stop doing our practices yeah uh barely eat um yeah you had to drag me out of bed to get juice i i literally i literally did drag her out of bed several times all she wanted to do was sleep and then when she was awake she would just read Mm -hmm. and journal and not even talk to me yeah Yeah. i didn't have the capacity to like form language to other humans i just was very in my own process yeah so um and it's weird because around i think it was either late monday or tuesday we started, we just realized like, oh, wait, I have bug bites on me. Yeah, there was a few things that happened. So we started getting bug bites, which mm-hmm. was really interesting. But also our stuff in our tambo started getting oh, yeah. destroyed. Remember? Everything started eating our stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, we yeah. had toilet paper, obviously, because you have a bathroom in your tambo. So we had toilet paper that had been like clearly eaten by bugs the rubber nozzle the ru- rubber on my water bottle totally destroyed yeah, totally yeah. destroyed uh the candles were getting picked at um and, and yeah some of our books the edges of our books and our journals that were left out the paper was getting yeah eaten. so yeah and, there was and a I lot was, of weird things and i was getting walked over a lot more as well right like, yeah you yeah. mentioned that you're like oh i just like i keep finding co-. like we kept finding cockroaches like on us physically on us yeah i also remember feeling the cold a little more yeah totally yeah 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 because it got and, cool at night and it kind of hit us i'm not sure if it was the first day but maybe like the second day or something it kind of hit us of like wait a second we stopped doing all our practices and then all of a sudden it's like 
the world is like starting to encroach on us Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden it's like kind of like coming closer and closer and it's getting a little more painful a little darker it's starting to feel a little more real a little more chaotic a little more chaotic yeah yeah Yeah. that's really interesting isn't it so interesting as remember that moment we looked at each other and um we that realization happened of like oh my <gasps> yeah what what does this shit actually work oh my god nobody actually said that this is an outcome of this kind of stuff right well, they can't these, tell you that kind of stuff well why can we tell them no i mean they can't. <laughs> i think they can't because like you wouldn't believe it no oh, okay well like, i don't I, think I it's think... like you i don't think there's a rule that you can't but it's just one of those things that like if you were telling me this I love you. I love the shit out of you. <laughs> and if you were telling me this and I wasn't there, I'd be like, okay, Sian. You're insane. You're totally crazy. Is that what our, is that what our listeners think right yeah. now? Are you going to say like, that's just confirmation bias or like, you know, you're just not seeing clearly or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, our listeners might very well be thinking that and I can't blame them because I probably would be thinking the same thing. Let me ask you one thing. Mm. What if it is confirmation bias? And... What if it doesn't matter because that's actually what's changing your reality? Yeah, I mean, we we train people in our meditation courses to look for confirmation bias because you're reprogramming the reticular activating system, yeah. right? So it's part of the process. And that's all hunky-dory. But what I know, like, I know for a fact that we were not getting eaten the way that anybody totally. else was getting eaten. Like I know that for a fact that we saw multiple, multiple weeks of evidence that everybody else. And it didn't matter because the people that were there rotated and it happened to everybody other than us. And we didn't have the expectation that these magical practices would protect us from bug bites. No, we had no idea yeah. until we started doing our practices again. And all of a sudden. Oh, it took a couple of days. Yeah, but like that's pretty fast. So, so within a couple of days, all of a sudden, yeah, the bug bites stop increasing. Obviously, mm-hmm. we still have the welts and stuff; those didn't just magically disappear. But like, it's almost like reality was somehow tweaked or tuned in a way that was more high vibration, less benevolent. chaos, benevolent. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like oh, all of a sudden, nature is like on our side. Yeah, working with us. Yeah, like nature didn't stop existing. There was still a massive anthill right outside our tambo. There were still bats in the top of our tambo. Fucking cool, by the way. Um, all of, you know, nature was certainly, we saw monkeys. We heard what I think was a jaguar at some point. Oh, yeah, that was really neat. Yeah, yeah so like yeah, there yeah. was, all the nature was still there, but it, it was no longer encroaching on us. And, you know, mm-hmm. we have a theory that when you're getting like bug bites or mosquito bites or something, like in a specific area of the body all the time. You know how you just have like that one spot that like seems to, the bugs always seem to find it. Like that's, I think that's a reflection of spirit trying to pull low density energy out of your body. Exactly. And so there was no need, once we started doing our practices again and clearing our aura, there was no need for those agents to be pulling low density energy out of our body because there wasn't. Because we're already banishing it, right? We're already like banishing the low density energy out so that Mother Nature didn't have to come in and help us. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that tell you? It's it's really interesting, just as a very quick aside, not a rabbit hole. Are you sure? Do you promise? I promise. You've got a timer. 
So like in North America, we use like all of these pesticides and herbicides and all sorts of stuff on our crops to prevent these pests from destroying them, mm-hmm. right? And we're in Costa Rica and they don't use any of that stuff. No, I mean, it was so common, like even out of the cabin in Winnipeg, you know, you had to, if you were going to have the windows and the doors open, like, first of all, everything's screened. But if you had, if you had the audacity to open a screen at the cabin, you better believe that you were burning like 15 different freaking mosquito coils. Otherwise you were getting eaten alive. Mm-hmm. And here in Costa Rica, we have no screens on any of our windows. Our windows and doors are open all the time. They don't use recording. pesticides and herbicides on the crops. There's no pesticides, no herbicides. Now you can, no you, can say, you can say that's climate. You can say that's just the biodiversity. You can say that's like you can give lots of rational explanations for that. Mm-hmm. And they're all valid. Mm-hmm. And that also is an indication of the vibration of the land. Yeah. Right? And the health. The, the health, health of the land. The, well, health and vibration. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you are maintaining your health and doing energetic practices to maintain your vibration, it's almost like nature kind of recognizes that and doesn't try to come in and fix you. Yeah. Because nature's just trying to help, right? Like these bugs are just like, oh, here's this thing that like needs support. Cool. Like I feed off low density energy. I'm going to go to that. So it's all part of the like energetic ecosystem, you know? Bugs eat dead things for the most part. Yeah. Right. They eat things that are dying, decaying or at at an incongruent vibration to what nature wants and nature wants things to be like in balance in balance and uh blossoming and growing and mm-hmm. you know nature abhors a vacuum it mm-hmm. always finds a way to grow mm-hmm. so we can see how that's reflected in you know things like monoculture monocrops mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. cities that are maybe a little bit out of balance and this is coming from a city girl i love my cities yeah. Cian's giving me the sign to bring it back, which is hilarious because this was his rabbit hole that he went down. I just wanted to keep it short. Well, like you're incapable. <laughs> anyway, so so we realized this and that was very profound. And around the same time, we started doing these energetic practices on our puppy, now known as Aurora. And those also started working. Like the bot flies started leaving her. She started eating again. She started like running around with energy. Yeah, her fur changed. Oh, her yeah. Sound. Remember her fur She went got from shinier? dull to shiny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so she, she completely changed. So we had a lot of confirmation, not just of our own, like, hey, these other people have bugs and we don't have bugs. And then we did have bugs and then we got rid of the bugs and everybody else still has bugs, which is called an ABA test in psychology. So oh, like, nice. as, that's about as rigorous of a psychological test as you could possibly give for yourself other than without doing, a double blind. I was gonna say, other than <laughs> doing a double blind, right? Because obviously there's an inherent bias there. Um, but then to also see the same effects happening on our dog. So we had like, again, extra, extra, extra confirmations pretty mm-hmm. powerful stuff yeah so like i mean that is a win in and of itself and we haven't even talked about the aya yet totally well we should we should do that though mm-hmm. yeah um let me begin i guess um so we go we go into mamaya and and just a little bit of context here i've done it like four times before this uh, i did it a couple times before stephanie and then well we haven't told our 
meeting story where Mama Aya actually pushed us together, although it's on her YouTube channel. And happy anniversary, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been two years now. Um, but so we did that was my third one. And then the fourth one was about six months into our relationship. And I'm just going to be honest, that one kind of ripped me open. The pro all the like the first three were really, really nice transcendental, flying through space, dis dissolution of self, disappearing in the mirror, all that stuff, like Buddha nature, like through and through, absolutely becoming the container, the space that contained everything. Uh, even going up to like the eighth and ninth jhanas at certain points, um, which is a wild, wild experience. And the third one was like, come back to earth, you got some shit to deal with, boy. <laughs> um, I literally like that that fourth time. I saw the deepest, darkest, scariest parts of myself that had been disowned, pushed away, uh, said they were bad, judged, hated. You know, like those old versions of Sian that did all these horrible things um, and, you know, hated myself for them. It was really interesting for me to experience that being in like, you know, the new relationship and, and having seen so many wonderful things and, and knowing the things that you were ashamed of too, but not seeing them take up too much of your being because you'd worked so well through them. Mm -hmm. And then after this one night, I remember even when we were driving home that last night in Winnipeg and you just... Like you were agitated, you were off, and like yeah. this wasn't what I associated with you and uh, sitting with Mama Aya. You were usually joyful, blissful, like no. She you, she ripped the wound open, yeah, and we didn't get to resolution. No, and I remember you being like in various cycles of that energy for like a year. Well, until we went back to see her again, I don't feel yeah. that you actually resolved it until we were in Peru. So that no, was, not yeah, not not fully. I, I learned to kind of like mitigate it a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, but I was cycling through bliss and and darkness. shame, darkness. Like it was yeah. like a dark night for sure. Yeah, right. The the, the 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 bliss scene and the ego scene were not you know, working together anymore. They were polarized. One was hating the other. The other was fearing the other. And like, they're just like, at, they're battling, right? The the old, it was an alchemization process, just like with a, a caterpillar, right? The old cells and the new cells are fighting for who gets to survive. So a year of that, fuck. So needless to say, a year later, I'd kind of forgotten what had happened at the last I experience. It, it just wasn't on the top of my mind. So we go in and fucking God damn it. She didn't, she, she didn't, she wasn't gentle with me at all, which she usually is with people. But I think like I'm at the space where I can handle not being gentle. And yeah. And I mean, you, I this also is your fourth or fifth time. And I kind of invite it. Yeah, of I, I I always I always tell spirit like just give me what you got, right? Yeah. Like that's that's how we've both climbed so quickly is yeah. by a relentless willingness to just. Dig I'm in. I'm willing to face it. I'm willing. Like I know it sucks. I know I'm gonna be afraid or whatever is gonna happen, but I'm willing to do it. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like taking the really shitty tasting medicine. You know you're gonna hate it, but you also know it's gonna be amazing on the other side. Or going to that really, really hard boot camp, you know? Yeah. So she drops me 
right back into the same place I was a year ago. And I was like, God damn it. I thought I had dealt with this. But no. obviously mm-hmm. I had just buried it again. Yeah, you just right? suppressed it. And just, yeah. yeah. And so here's these demons again, like like the the just all of the things that I hated about myself. I've actually learned to express them and and talk to them with with close family members and Steph knows all about them and my priests know about them and all this sort of stuff. Um there there are things that are are very like you don't have to be proud of these sort of things. You can't be. Uh but they're part of you and you know, they are playing in the background all the time. Mm-hmm. But they're so deeply suppressed that you don't know it. Uh and they just tore through me again. Like I am crying, I'm shaking, I'm just like like why 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 and you can't even look away you can like because they're in your third eye they're in your mind yeah it doesn't matter if your eyes are open or closed or if you're looking left or right everywhere you go there you are right so they're there they're playing and i'm just like oh man so we get out of this and i'm just like what do i do and the second time I went in a little bit like more strong. I was kind of, oh, right. I was like, I want to die, right? I'm going to go in and I'm going to die. I'm going to totally like surrender. And he was having a whole funeral for himself. Yeah. And in the background, I'm like, wow, this ego is really enjoying all these theatrics right now. Like this is is pretty entertaining, but I'm just going to let it play out like, Sometimes I know when not to open my mouth, and this was one of those times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was um, it was a little over the top, and I think it was just a so over the top that my body and my subconscious were convinced that they were actually going to die uh, because we were um, doing a ceremony with Rape right before mm-hmm. Aya, and my body autonomously inhaled when it was being blown into my nose. And so you guys can go ahead and Google Rape, spelled R-A-P as in Peter E, also sometimes spelled H-A-P as in Peter E. And um, it's a nicotine substance. It's a tobacco substance. It is not designed to be anywhere near your stomach or intestinal organs. That's actually very bad for it. And you didn't take a small dose. You were like, I'm going for it. So that was uh, some part of you was like, I'm going to take the largest dose I've ever taken. And oh, by the way, I'm going to inhale all of it into my lungs, like not up the nose where it's supposed to go. And then you blow it out directly into the lungs. This is the saboteur, right? It makes you kind of go for it so much that you sa- that you sabotage it and you fall out. And so I, uh, my stomach immediately felt like upset and I puked and I knew that that had happened so that I wouldn't be able to hold the medicine that night. Yeah, because of course, if you've already, I'm purging is a big part of um, sitting with the medicine However, um, you know, some people purge by sweating. There's a lot of different ways you can purge. But if you've already kind of agitated your stomach to the point where it's already in purge mode, it's very hard to hold the medicine in long enough for it actually to get into the bloodstream the way that it needs to. Like, I think you purged like within like 10 minutes, I think. 
Yeah, it was of the first round. Yeah. Yeah, it was within 10 minutes. It was it was long enough to absorb some of the medicine and to have a little bit of a light show, play with the third eye a little bit, um, enter the psychic space, like the shamanistic state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got to watch what was going on a lot more than just being like deep in it. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. But I knew that I would still have to face these demons at some point. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't that night. Mm-hmm. So, um, the next night, which was like after the weekend, I believe I'm like, okay, I'm ready to face them. Um, I had talked to one of the shamans and they had said, yeah, you don't, you don't want to fight these guys. You don't want to like totally give in to them, but you do have to surrender Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's like you're surrendering to the lesson is the best way I could describe it. It's not, it's a fine line, right? Like, you know, you're not sitting there tense and like, no, I'm not going to cry. And like, listen, we have our entire lives and all our social conditioning to hold our bodies and that tense, like, I'm not going to react to this and creating a pressure cooker. Aya is the opportunity or even any reset really is the opportunity to not do things like that. So you definitely don't want to do that. But the other alternative that Seen experienced and I also experienced was going too far into it and and letting it basically grab you and just ravage you. Ravage you. Yeah. Rip you apart. And that's not serving you either. Now so, you're giving into it, right? Totally. And, it, you know, it's even the same as we see on the emotional spectrum, right? Like when you've got these really intense emotions moving through you, you don't let them you don't let them drive the bus. But you also don't compartmentalize them. You have to learn how to like witness and surrender to them without becoming them. Give them space without being them. I I have this emotion, not I am this emotion, right? Like people mm-hmm. say, I am angry. Yeah. That that's a spell, right? It's literally saying I am this anger emotion. Yeah. If you say and experience it differently, if you say I have anger arising, or there is there anger. is there is anger arising. That's a totally different frame, right? Like, go ahead and just try that as you're listening to this podcast. I just want you to say to yourself, "I am angry," and notice that feeling in your body, and then give it a couple seconds, and then say, "There is anger," mm-hmm. and notice how different that feels. Mm-hmm. Notice how much more empowered and a little bit separate you feel from your emotion and not saying that emotions are powerful. You're, they're actually a major mandatory requirement for all of the magic that we teach on this channel. So we're going to we're all about emotions. But when you become them, you're subject to them. Right. And we don't want to become subject to them. And this was I'm grateful that we have that teaching because that made stepping back during Aya. So much easier. A lot easier. Right. Okay. So I'm not going to like let it take over. I'm also not going to fight it away. Right. Because there, there has to be like, I intuitively knew and from all of the teachings and training I've done that there needs to be an acceptance and some sort of integration. Right. Like I knew that there's some subconscious piece of me that's been fragmented off of the main consciousness that's constantly trying to come back. But I also have these subconscious programs that are pushing it away my whole life out of shame, out of guilt, out of whatever it makes me feel when its story comes up, when it tries to rejoin the consciousness. And 
so I had already known this from like the Mondo Zen training, from uh, reading Ken Wilber's The Religion of Tomorrow and doing some integral training and that sort of stuff, as well as having other experiences of reintegration. I just, these demons were so powerful that like, okay, it's one thing to know and it's another thing to do, <laughs> you know? So it was... Uh, yeah, what great training though, right? Um, so eventually, I got a little detached from the the stories that were playing, and it's just watching them. Literally, all of the bad parts of like you know the whole your whole life flashes before your eyes when you die. That's this kind of what it felt like, except it was all the bad stuff, <laughs> like my whole life. But not the highlight reel, like the the bloopers reel sort of like, like the, <laughs> like the low lights reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The demon reel. <laughs> I am an evil person. Blah Trademark blah blah. Demon reel. People view me as bad. I am bad. All this stuff, right? And but I kind of got detached from it. And I was like, oh, is this just gonna stop? What do I have to do here? Now they're not making me cry and whimper. I'm also not pushing them away, but I'm just kind of watching. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do? And then something just came. And this is probably guidance from spirit because I was like literally asking, what do I do? Right? You know, ask and you shall receive sort mm -hmm. of thing. Like I'm asking, what the fuck do I do here? You know, now I'm not in it. Now I see it, but like, it's still going. Yeah, I still don't understand what to do about it. <laughs> yeah. Still watching this movie. Still watching this movie. Come on, guys. Help me out here. And uh, yeah, then the impulse arose inside of me to just like look at it. And this visceral realization that there was an entity of consciousness behind all these images. Each one had like this other entity or like each one was attached to the same entity or something like a hydra, right? Like you can't just cut its heads off. You have to get to the core. And I like, I saw the projections, like the demons, and I saw the thing behind them, the energetic entity. And I just saw how much it was like suffering mm. to constantly be trying to play these images and and like i'm not getting it what is it saying you know what is it trying to communicate and i just looked at it through those eyes of like oh wow you've been suffering for so long and i've just been a fucking asshole to you i'm so sorry I love you and I forgive you. And I literally felt it dissolve in that moment. And then another one came and I was like, I love you. I forgive you. And then another one, and I love you and forgive you. And like the, they kept coming over and over again. And it was almost like they're all in line. Like, oh my God, he figured it out. You know? I want love. I want love. I want love. We've been waiting for 41 years for this love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kept coming and coming and coming until like all of a sudden it was just peace, silence, openness. And like this feeling of like unification and wouldn't you know it, but like a moment after that happens, 
I'm kind of lying there. And all of a sudden, like I'm lying on my back, just like arms out, sprawled, like, wow. And all of a sudden, my back arches up in the air. Imagine like my heels on the ground and the top of my head on the ground. And I'm like arched up. Isn't that a yoga pose? I mean, yeah, but not quite like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite that intense. Um, Like this electric current of energy is like running through my body. And I feel like it's almost like my heart is lifting my chest up off the ground. Mm -hmm. And this energy is like blasting out of my, you know, like the Care Bears, Mm -hmm. right? Where they're like Care Bear stare and the fucking this beams coming out of their chest. But which Care Bear were you? I don't know, the purple one. Someone tell us what the purple care bear maybe, is. Maybe the blue one. I'm not sure. Purple I'm, or blue, I'm, tell I'm us con- what they do. I'm confused. <laughs> you know that's a common form of resistance, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so care bear stare coming out of my chest and I'm like incapable of doing anything about it. It's like this is just happening, right? Uh, and I feel my body's like being stretched. All of the channels are just like being stretched and like, I'm like, oh my God. Ah, and then it stops. Mm. And I'm like, oh. and then again, like five minutes later. And I think it was like the 30th time or something that this happened. Cause like the rest of the night was still going. Um, and I like lost my mind. And all of a sudden, there's like this feeling of I am this light that's like coming through this body, this love. And I'm trying to like push more through than the body can handle. Mm, uh More of me through. Like I am like trying to manifest on this world Mm -hmm. through this body. And I realize that this body is like being very stressed (laughs) as I'm coming through and yeah, then it, then it kind of stopped, but it was really wild, like becoming that light, that energy. So, yeah. It's a really, really profound experience. And, um, it just goes to show you like how, how important it is to go into these experiences with an open mind And also with a lot of courage, because you really don't ever know what it is that you're going to come against. But like, let's be honest, Mama Aya, we don't do plant medicine. Now, I want to be careful with the word medicine. Do or doing even. Or even doing. Yeah. Yeah. We don't don't sit with medicine. I want to be clear here that we're not broken and, and we don't need to be healed. However, the medicine is helping with integrating the pieces of ourselves that have been fractured. There is fractures in every human. Mm-hmm. And the medicine is an avenue in which we can start to integrate those. Integration requires looking at, and the things that are fractured are fractured because we don't want to look at them. So at some point, there's going to be shadow work. In fact, that's kind of the point. Like everything before that is just honeymoon phase. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it, it's like the free preview. It's showing you what is available to you when you finally drop these rocks. Totally. And that's yeah. literally exactly what my experience was like. So we can go into that, but I have a request. What's the request? Can we hit pause so I can go pee? Yeah. I was thinking that we would do that and um, maybe do a part two. 
Yeah, I was actually kind of thinking that too, because guys, I know you love us, but I know we're also getting a little long here and I would love, I don't want to truncate our experience. Yeah, I think we've got like a wealth of additional stuff to uh, to go over. So we can we can uh, cap this episode and uh, we'll see you guys next week. We'll see you guys next week with the continuation part two, where I'll go through my story, my experience, all of my trauma, and then um, other residual lessons and experiences at Anishinan. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I would love to know too, if this message is resonating with you, if this story is resonating with you, if you're curious about sitting with any type of plant medicine, let us know on social media. What it, what What's the draw? What are you curious about? Which medicine are you, are you pulled to? And if you've had an incredible life-altering experience, we would love to hear about that. And hey, maybe we'll even interview you on the show. So let us know. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.